is back to back draft craft. It's Dan, it's JP, and we're getting into the silly season, man, when it comes down to what's up with the end of the regular season for the NFL, getting into playoffs, which means we don't have a normal slate of anything to talk about anymore, and I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, it just adds a little bit of funk to it, man. Exactly. I like it. We are about the funk. And when we were talking about how we're going to go about this, we could go and preview all of the playoff games. But let's be honest, people have done that ad nauseum to this point. I mean, everyone is breaking all that stuff down. You can go listen to them about that. They're going to do a great job. We'll touch on them because we you know, we need to, right? But uh, we wanted to do was to focus on the teams that are already set in their draft works. We've been doing the the mock draft thing about every quarter or so, like every four-ish weeks in the regular season. And we just did one last week, but you know what? Things have changed even since then. And so we were trying to figure out how we wanted to go about doing this. You and I were bantering back and forth. That's what we did. We settled on was two mock drafts because we can't possibly just stick to one thing because your cheating ways have gotten to me. And yes. what we're going to do is we're going to go side by side, or do you want to go one at a time? How do you want to run this? So right. Okay, you make thing I was thinking. All right. Well, let's do, let's do, one at a time. Let's do, let's do one at a time. Let's start with us. <laughs> let's what start we with would us. Do. This is what we would do if we were in these positions and we decided we would allow trades. We're only doing the first half of the mock. So basically down to pick 18, which surprise, surprise, is the Detroit Lions. So we're going to get two cracks at Detroit, right? So this is what we would be doing if we were the GMs for each of these teams and we are allowing trades. So this should get entertaining. What are we doing with the first pick, which is Houston? No, sorry, it's just Chicago. Just kidding. That's that's already changed. Yeah, well, it, it, it was Houston, but here's the thing, man. It's Chicago slid into that spot. They're not right. taking a quarterback. I mean, I yeah. you saw the whole. Th- there's no way, away, but I don't see. Yeah, it. there's like a ninety-eight percent chance. I think that Chicago. I even texted my buddy from Chicago, and that's where I got the number ninety-eight. He said <laughs> there's a ninety-eight percent chance they trade this pick. He goes, I also right. don't have any faith in the front office, so. The, I feel like somehow, somewhere, <laughs> the two percent chance might win. So right. we'll see what happens. It but is. I mean, we're, we're going to go with the ninety-eight, right? And as a Bears fan, uh, I definitely do understand where Skyler's coming from because I, I'm not. You, 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 you nothing's instilled confidence in that the right decision is going to be made. Kind of like how it used to feel to be a Lions fan. It should be entertaining to see yeah. what happens there. But if we're doing right. it, we decided. The Bears are going to trade out of that pick because they need more than just one stud defensive player. So they're going to trade back. They're going to get some picks. We were trying to figure out a good trade partner for them. Not that we're going over. Yeah, yeah we talked about Washington. We talked about right. Indianapolis. All the teams that would need a quarterback. But at the end of the day, I know why we went with the team we went with. Mm-hmm. But well, we went with both Seattle your teams. Yeah. And yep. Seattle, as much as they're probably pretty stoked about how the season's gone for them, being in the playoffs, Geno Smith has been a revelation from he's he this year. If Geno would have done this, Eight years ago, man, we have a completely different career arc. You know, hey, it takes people a little while to get into it. Because he's in his early 30s right now, we're not expecting Seattle to throw, you know, a couple hundred million dollars at him for no, the, or even, even six six figure deals or nine figure deals or whatever to hang around. So Seattle's taking a quarterback. Who are they taking? Well, before we even say who they're taking, I just want to go on and say this. The reason that I was because we did these together, the, the, what I was right. arguing for Seattle over any of those other teams was so that Chicago doesn't drop back far enough to miss out on two of the elite players or a position of need that they may have. Yeah. They're still in the top five. Right. But then also Seattle, like even if Seattle fans are freaking out, they're like all about Gino. <laughs> Here's the thing. Even if Gino ends up being good and starting for the next year, maybe right. Maybe too, I doubt it. But even if he does start and he's as good as everybody thinks he is, 
when in the world is Seattle going to pick this high again where they have a chance of grabbing a solid QB to keep right. beating Lockett and Metcalf and this and that, continuing to compete without hitting a rebuild? So, right. And it just again, made, obviously. It, it made sense to me. Right. Even though they have some future picks still coming from Denver, you got to think that Denver yeah. is do something to where they're not going to be quite as bad next year. Hopefully, we'll see what happens for them. But okay, but, yeah. we're debating quarterback wise because they could go Bryce Young, they could go CJ Stroud. And it was interesting that I mentioned CJ Stroud, and you're like, yeah, actually, well, I think we both agree. Yeah, I think that Bryce Young is probably a slightly better quarterback. While I'm not super high in either one of these, I just feel <laughs> like Stroud fits the mold in Seattle sure. better. I just yeah. do. Yeah, he kind of he kind of just feels like they'd, they'd be taking out CJ or taking out uh, Gino and plugging in CJ. Or again, if you want to hold him over for a year, the one thing I will say, and this isn't necessarily a draft related thing, but Geno Smith has made himself some money this year. He's going to be an mm-hmm. unrestricted free agent. The guy's going to get paid by somebody to do something somewhere. Next pick should be Houston. We did something about that too, didn't we? Well, yeah, because here's the thing. Yeah, technically, Houston's your team, but I mean, you and I both agreed when we're talking about this. Houston, you draft the quarterback right here. You're still four drafts away from right. and free agencies away of having a team that's competing for anything, and then you've essentially wasted the first four years of the QB's career if he makes it that long mm-hmm. and you haven't destroyed his confidence and just had him tank it because – there's one thing we've been talking about. I can't. We talk so much. I don't know if it's on the show or on the <laughs> air, but it's like all these players go to the NFL because they're good, and they right. don't always go to the right system. So that can ruin them. Like, had they gone somewhere else, they might have had a completely different career. While I right. don't have a whole lot of faith in this QB class, like I mean, you still Bryce Young's still good. He still yes. could make it. So if he goes somewhere, and I don't, I'm not convinced Houston's a spot. So right. I'll let you and take also- it from there for the trade. Yeah, as long as Young stays healthy, we, we're looking around because, again, Houston is a team that needs as much as they can get. And, again, the thing about Washington, we, we both agree that Washington's a quarterback away. We talked about that yesterday uh, from potentially being a, a Super Bowl caliber team. I'm not going to say they're going to get there with it, but uh, it's still a huge jump up for them, though. And they've spent some draft capital on some guys in the past. I don't know that they'd be able to make a jump from – 16 all the way up to one or two so figuring that's not quite in the cards and we're not trying to predict these wild trades yet we'll get to that later on down the road uh we but decided- washington we also still figured as much as it would cost for them to move up granted we've seen a, just a little tiny little tiny bit from sam howell we also right. kind of sort of like sam howell especially with the I value mean, of where they were able to get him last year so right you look at the raw numbers sam howell kind of outplayed dak prescott in their last game I'm just throwing that out All there right. <laughs> as the uh, as the cowboy swoon begins. But so we looked at the teams that needed to move around and it made the most sense uh, from a trade partner standpoint to have Indianapolis and Houston swap the second and the fourth pick. So Indianapolis is picking second because, while they're not necessarily one player away. They're a lot closer to one player away than Houston is. And Indianapolis is going to take Bryce Young then. So they get themselves a quarterback well, that they can build around. Plus, I think Indianapolis is tired of rolling the dice on vets. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, when you when you roll three straight times and three straight times, you come up, you know, more or less snake eyes. You're Way short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame, too, because it's not like they rolled the dice on completely unproven commodities when they've been trying to put stuff out there. Part of it's because Philip Rivers just wanted to retire and go hang out with his 27 kids or whatever he's got. But uh, but yeah, so Indianapolis makes that pick. They stick with Bryce Young. Arizona's next. And Arizona being my team, we looked at them and, you know, sure, we could probably could have done another trade here, but... Arizona needs help across the board. They have the quarterback, though, and they're going to have a new coach, a new offensive system. 
who's going to fit or you know, offensive and defensive system, who's going to fit just about anything anywhere. Will Anderson Jr. And that's where Arizona goes because they're losing J.J. Watt, who's kind of their one big pass rushing threat right now. They've got some of the guys in the team that can do a little bit, but you put Will Anderson out there somehow, you scheme for him, you're going to be good to go. That one's not a hard pick for me to defend. Yeah, and with J.J. gone, you could easily make a case for Jalen Carter. But at the end of the day, this is what we would do. And you and I just both, at this point, obviously anything subject to change. But at this right. point during the offseason, Will Anderson's still the number one prospect on my board. Sure. And, and we could be got him at three. Right. And we could be seduced by a large man. And that's what's going to happen next. Houston picking at four because they're not going to take you know one of those top tier quarterbacks if we're the ones making that decision because you're just going to end up having him get sacked. Yeah, Again, he, that's yeah. the cautionary tale for Houston. What they did to, to David Carr back in the day, Derek's older brother. My goodness, that dude got sacked so much his first season because they didn't have anybody else around him. Yeah. Houston just needs to take best player available. That's not a quarterback every time they're on the clock. Right. Well, this time it's Jalen Carter. And again, as yes. much as we talk about Will Anderson being amazing, Jalen Carter is also pretty darn spectacular. The difference being that Carter is is still almost at this point rounding himself into form where he can play three downs consistently all the time. He did have the benefit of playing in Georgia in a great defensive line that he could rotate in and out of. I mean, shoot, even the kid who's his backup, can't remember his name right now, but one of the younger guys that we'll definitely be talking about next year came in and, and played some significant snaps against TCU with meaning, not just being out there. He was also getting out there and making plays. So still a great pick for Houston, though. It's going to help shore up their defensive line, and they need help again all over the place. Mm-hmm. Next pick would have been Seattle, but in our case, it's Chicago because they Who's slid still back. a little annoying. Picks. Right. Chicago, <laughs> you know they slid back hoping for Anderson or Carter, and I went, boom, sure. boom, sorry. Right. And, and while Chicago – I would have loved to have one of those two guys looking at everything else that they've got on the team. Uh, they did, you know, kind of they could easily take a wide receiver here, could easily take some help on defense and some other spots. But looking at what they really do need uh, and they need to keep Justin Fields upright. And we talked a little bit about offensive linemen that are available here. There's there's maybe a debate about who the best offensive tackle is, but I think the best offensive lineman across the board is a guy that gets to stay pretty much in the Chicago land area. And that's Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. He's a tackle that's probably a guard or a guard in a, or a tackle in a guard body. However you want to do it. He's only six, three, which only <laughs> neither of us are even close to six, three, uh, but he's a fluid player. He's a very good technician. He's one of the best rated guys in pro football focus. Chicago's not going to complain about having him there. And here, here's what I would say. I would hate this because it's the right pick for Chicago, <laughs> but, but no, I, when you're looking at their needs right now, their two biggest needs are O-line and wide receiver. Right. Me personally, O-line trumps wide receiver every single time if you come down to a tie because, yeah. A, the O-lineman's more important position to me because your wide right. receiver means nothing if you can't do anything on the O-line. I think TCU you just showed us that very recently because Q could right. do nothing. So right. that's my logic there. But outside of that, I think that this is way easier to find a wide receiver either later in the draft or for agency or anything like that than it is to get you know, the young stud on the O-line. So that's just my tiebreaker is the position premium. So, Mm -hmm. sure, there could be people or mocks out there. We (laughs) see Quentin Johnson going here. Now, maybe maybe in the future, you know, maybe we consider doing a a Chicago trade where they move back further than this, and maybe a wide receiver is the position they go. Who knows? But here in the fifth pick, this would be Skaronsky or Paris Johnson, and it's Skaronsky. Right. Now, that's where that is a fun thing to talk about for next time, because Chicago sitting one spot in front of another team that seems like they might want to go quarterback. And that's Carolina 
who we have sitting six now because they traded with Detroit. So who knows? Maybe Carolina trades to Chicago instead and drops further back. But we make a Detroit-Carolina swap with the sixth pick because the Lions are looking at it and saying, we didn't need Jalen Carter. We didn't get Will Anderson. Anybody that we really want to get, you and I being the ones picking for the Lions, we felt like they'd probably still be hanging around right around 10. So what are you doing? Plus, we're, we're kind of trusting the fact that we're kind of trusting the fact that there's you know, beat writers and diehard <laughs> fans who do mock draft stuff, uh, right. uh, Carolina that apparently seem to know for fact that at least for last year, the owner of the, the Panthers was obsessed with Will Levis. So sure. this is the toughest pick that I had to make. It's the first pick for my team. If you, one of my teams, cause Dan's mm-hmm. got the five worst teams in the league. I'm kidding. Ah. Some of them were trades. I'm just getting tough time. Sure. But uh, yeah, long story short, I mean, it was a tough one because, like I said, I I personally wouldn't take Will Levis. But, I mean, I personally in this situation would have traded if I were Detroit. But the only thing that made sense, the only spot <laughs> left that somebody was going to move up for was a quarterback. So this is a blend of what maybe could happen and then what we would do. But, yeah, <laughs> Will, Will Levis to Carolina, allegedly the, the owner is obsessed with this player. And I'm okay right. with it because mm-hmm. – I do think that Carolina, especially defensively, is a good enough team to where they're, they shouldn't be picking in the top five next year. Right. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, what did I say yesterday? Out of their last nine games, they won like seven of their last nine, six or seven yeah, of their last nine. Yeah, they were in the ballpark. Yeah, they, they, That's they came really good. Strong. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they finished strong. So, I mean, if, if, the, if the owner really does love Levis that much, then you should go grab the QB, get the five years eligibility, because what I can say is I'm also not convinced that Sam Darnold's your guy either. <laughs> so if the defense is mm. solid and you do have some pieces, then there's no reason you couldn't grab the QB now. I just, right. I'm just not a huge fan of this one, but hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are times where I'm not sure if Sam Darnold's convinced that Sam Darnold's the guy. I'm kidding. Sam is too many, too many ghosts out there. That dude's had so much go against him, and he's still plugging away, and I'm very proud of him for for persevering. And uh, depending on how things shake out with the draft, he might get another shot next year in Carolina or somewhere else. But next team on the clock then at seven is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders, who may have wanted Will Levis. Nope, but I don't even know if they wanted him or not. Because here's the thing. I, I, we've said it before. I still think Vegas is chasing Tommy. Yeah. Um. But if they're going to chase Tommy, this whole line is terrible, man. So, it, as you alluded to earlier, <laughs> maybe Skaronsky is the best O-lineman. Maybe he's not the best tackle. Well, either way, I think Vegas is stoked to get Paris Johnson Jr. here. Yep. There is a little bit of irony that they're stoked to draft a Buckeye to block for a, an old Wolverine. But, hey. <laughs> yeah, but, well, but then I don't know that they're going to go for Tom Brady. But I can tell you this. Whoever's under center, they still need O-line. Yep. Bad, especially. I mean, it, they need alignment bad. Agreed. At the beginning of the season, I was fully convinced they had the worst offensive line in football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't help themselves with some of the picks that they made uh, coming into the no. last few years. And again, I, I still, I'm just going to pile it on Gruden because we still like Mayock. Who knows? Uh, but again, it's different when you're the person like us sitting here saying this is what we would do, and when you're in a, in a chair like Mike and those guys where. Your job depends on you picking the right person. I think it, it does something to your head a little bit. It makes you rethink maybe some things that are going on. So Atlanta sits there at eight, and that's um, that's a team that I feel like probably wanted a quarterback, maybe, although they might still have something with Desmond Ritter. It, they're, they're a team that's in flux. They're a team with a lot of questions, and so they're going to take the best player available here since they probably couldn't find anybody to want to trade up for a fourth quarterback. I'm sorry, Anthony Richardson, 
best of luck to you in the draft process, dude, but neither you or I are touching him. The best player at the best position of need that they have, and that's edge rusher, and they're going to grab Tyree Wilson. And Wilson has been jumping up a lot of people's draft boards because the dude just looks like he was meant to play on the edge in the NFL. I wasn't blown away by the little highlight reel that you you sent me because we've been kind of going back and forth with all that. And by back and forth, I mean you sending me stuff, me watching it eventually. Uh, but he he still is a physical specimen. He's got more moves, I think, than some of the other guys in this draft, even if he relies a little too much maybe on the bull rush, on just the shoving guys around because he is that much of a physical specimen. Uh, so he's going to have to work on refining some of that technique to the next level. But Atlanta needs help on the line. They need help getting after the passer. Tyree Wilson's a good choice. That takes us up to Detroit, which we traded back into that nine pick. Who are we taking? Well, this is who I would have taken if they were still picking at six myself. I mean, (laughs) cornerbacks are an absolute premium. I love this guy's tape, his head movement. We've covered it a ton. Everybody's listening to the show probably already knows what I'm saying based off that description. (laughs) Christian Gonzalez, we might have some Lions fans upset we didn't take a Miles Murphy here. I don't right. think either one of us are just as high on Murphy as everybody else in the world seems to be. Sure. Uh, I'd take Christian Gonzalez all day here. And I think I definitely influenced this pick more so than you, but <laughs> you think you're on board with it still, right? Well, and again, what we, we, there was one point toward, I think right before the Carolina game for Detroit, where we're, we're sitting back talking about, Hey, maybe this secondary isn't as bad as we thought it was. And then they went out and laid a couple of turds. And while they're not as bad as they were at the beginning of the year, there's been development with those guys. They need at least one or two more bodies back there to really feel like they've got a solid core on the back half of the defense. So Christian Gonzalez, again, as you texted me uh, during the championship game uh, in caps about turning heads, he he does. He turns his head back. He positions himself properly. And I think more and more people are going to catch on to him as we go through the evaluation process. Philadelphia is sitting there at number 10, and they've got to be sitting pretty happily there because again this is a team that obviously doesn't have a ton of needs they're the number one seed in the nfc but thanks to trades they're picking 10 they're picking miles murphy uh as much as they could go some other routes as well uh, there's always a hole to plug even if you are one of the best teams in the league but i think they could put murphy out there the one concern that i had again from watching his tape is he's a speed rusher and that's it he's always bending around the outside to try to get around the tackle which Sure, that's one move, but that's the only move. And in the NFL, they'll just keep pushing you out of the play. So he's going to have to learn a couple different things. Uh, but again, he's a... And he a just doesn't that... look all that fast either. Well, and that's the thing, which which is funny because it's not necessarily a bad thing if you can teach him a few new moves because that speed's going to go at some point anyways. So you want a guy who has multiple moves that can play multiple spots. And that's one of the things we talked about too with Murphy. He looks like he could transition to defensive tackle at some point or be someone who bounces between those positions based off what you need him to do. And that's something that Philadelphia can definitely have some liberty to do and to not have to put him out there with a ton of pressure on him right away. He'll be able to jump in as a rotational piece. Yeah, I definitely see him as more of an interior D lineman later in his career for sure. Sure. Yeah, and again, that's, I mean, shoot. Any player that you can put into more than one spot effectively, you can't really complain about having that kind of versatility on your offense. Tennessee's sitting at 11, and boy, there's a lot of different ways you can go with these guys. Yeah. Again, this is why just yeah, on yesterday's episode, we were discussing the fact that uh, what is their biggest area of need? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you could go a lot of different ways, and there's no glaring one out there. But, I mean, after further discussion yesterday, I think we kind of decided 
offensive line was the way to go. And right. I, I'm sorry. I think Broderick Jones, I've been high on him the whole time. I think I took him when we did our little team draft at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I've been high on him the entire time. And I think he's going to continue to rise through this process. So right. I, th- I, th- I think Tennessee's excited to get Broderick Jones here. No, like, I, I think they're legitimately excited. This might be one of the highest people on their board, if I had to guess. Right. But this is what we would do. I'm just saying I, <laughs> I agree with that logic. Yeah. And again, this is one of those that maybe the fans aren't going to be as ecstatic about, but we don't draft for the fans. We just Derek try to Henry tell them will be. Trust us. Derek Henry's going to be very happy. And so is whoever is going to be standing back there, quarterback. They'll be He's pretty excited. what? An offensive lineman is bigger than me? That's sweet. <laughs> Derek Henry is just such a monster of a man. He'll be he'll be pleased having people paving the way in front of him. So Houston is up next, and this is Houston's pick that they got uh, in the draft uh, with the deal they made with Cleveland for uh, Deshaun Watson. And so they're going to be picking in a spot where maybe they try to trade again, but I don't think there's anybody trading up at this point for anybody else. So we decided uh, for these guys to leave them there. And if I'm in this position, already grabbing uh, Jalen Carter up there, edge rusher is a possibility to, to double up on the O-line, but – I think if Miles Murphy would be here, they might take him. Instead, uh, going with the most versatile defensive back out there, and that's Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. And Jr. is uh, someone who we believe can play both safety and corner. And again, there's people talk about him as being the best corner in the draft and being a top 10 pick potentially as well. Well, here's the thing, Dan. I said earlier, you know, they take the best player on the board. This is Mm -hmm. the best player on, I think, both of our boards. So it was an easy one. But also... I just said I was super excited for Detroit to take Christian Gonzalez a few picks mm-hmm. earlier. Well, Joey Porter is like neck and neck, like in rankings with Christian <laughs> Gonzalez to me. I, I just right. choose Christian, if I could talk today, Christian yeah. Gonzalez based on just the fact that he looks so smooth and like right. the head movement and the hand placement, like he's clean as a corner. Sure. Joey Porter is up there, but yeah, I do think he's got a little more safety vibe in him, probably because his dad, to his dad, is and his <laughs> edgy plays with. But long story short, super stoked to make this pick for Houston. And I'm yeah. sorry, Houston fans, if you're upset about not getting Bryce Young versus getting Jalen Carter and Joey Porter and whatever you got in the trade to move back on top right. of that, I don't even know. Uh, if I were a Houston <laughs> fan, I would be just ecstatic right now. Yeah, we always have irrational fans that are obsessed with a certain way of going about it. And again, you do need a quarterback. I agree with anybody who tries to to make that claim. 100%. But at the same time, you don't need a quarterback until you got a team ready for him. I mean, shoot, even uh, Trevor Lawrence had a really rough first season getting acclimated. Don't want to do that to someone without the proper structure around him. So definitely a pick that uh, that we would be pleased to have. The New York Jets, it was always going to be offensive line. The question was where, the question was who. And looking at who they've got, where they've got, they got some guys coming back. Uh, yeah, sure, they could go some other directions here. They they clearly are still trying to figure out their quarterback situation too. But again, you and I don't think that there's any. There's even three quarterbacks in this first round, much less uh, two, and certainly not four. And so that's going to be. Uh, we had a little back and forth, but Osiris Torrance from Florida, probably the best interior O line guy. And yeah, maybe it's a little high, but we've seen guards go up there before, and he's pretty much consensus the best guy on the inside and they need help there too. They're, they should be getting some tackles back, but the guard play definitely needs a, needs an influx of talent. And this is going to happen with Osiris Torrance. Yeah. And they, they got to do something. I mean, Jesus Jets just, you know, parted ways with their offensive coordinator. So, right. I mean, not having an offensive coordinator, I feel like the easiest thing you can do is to shore up the offensive line. You know, if that's the easiest way to, 
you know, try to improve an offense, then figure yeah. out who the offensive coordinator is. You can make a case, you know, offensive tackles, a better premium position here, mm-hmm. but we're only looking at Anton Harrison who, you know, fourth tackle versus the best interior alignment in the right. draft. I mean, I agree with it. Um, definitely on board with the Cyrus Torrance here. Since you mentioned it, what's your take on uh, the Jets getting rid of their OC? Uh, if you know, Based on everything that I had seen from the Jets, they need to get rid of dang near everybody. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I, it was it's rough. Like I don't know what's going on there. I, I do like Salah, but I don't know. I'm starting to wonder if Salah is one of those guys who are just incredible defensive coordinators mm-hmm. and just not a well, head coach or not ready for the head coach yet. But I mean, right. I don't know. The Jets He's... the Jets had some injuries too, but right. And the defense did play a lot better this year, so that's uh, something they can look into. Next up is New England, so go ahead and take your pats. What are they up to? Uh, They're already up at the podium. (laughs) Um, I think they broke a few things sprinting up there and tripped over and stumbled over some cables, but they took Q. (laughs) They don't care that he only had like one catch in the natty. Uh, Mm -hmm. Quentin Johnson to New England, I mean, we talked about this, and I don't know for sure. I'd have to fact check it, but I'm pretty sure – well, I know Jacoby Myers is a free agent. Pretty right. sure, I'm pretty sure Parker is as well. Yeah, I don't know if anybody and, is. <laughs> yeah, under I, I, this one I'm the least confident in. But Aguilar, I, like, I don't even know he, if he's he still, might be around. It, yeah, like it's the wide receivers in New England, and this is this is like my second favorite team. Like they're hard right. to follow just because it's it's not good. Like right, outside, I, I like Jacoby. You. I like Jacoby. They but have again. I I don't know they're bringing him back. Under contract right now for next year, they have Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton are pretty much the three guys that have done it. I thought I thought Parker was gone, and Thornton's the guy they just drafted, but he's right. literally a third wide receiver, maybe <laughs> yeah. special teams player. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so Kendrick Bourne is the only one. Both of those guys, Bourne and Parker, have got about six, six and a half, seven uh, to them. So, again, they don't really have – anybody resembling a a right now knockdown number one. And I think that uh, Devontae Parker would be very happy to have someone else on that team so he can get back to catching 100 balls because people aren't trying to blanket him as much with coverage. I think Mac Jones would be very happy with yes, this he pick. Would. This is a good pick. I mean, this would be a <laughs> dream scenario for New England in my mind. Right. But and again, you know, it, it might ruin Q, too, because I feel like yeah. New England's cursed <laughs> with taking quarterbacks in the first. Yeah, well, given where they're at. As quarterbacks, wide receivers, Jesus. Right, yeah. And given where they're at as a team, Bill Bill is not in rebuild mode. This man wants to win now because he's 71 coming back. He wants to take John Chula, Don Chula's record, and so he's going to need a couple seasons left to finish that off, and so they're not going to, into a rebuild or anything. So Q is a good pick for them. Green Bay might have been uh, looking for Q, but instead they got to go a different direction. And if we're in this spot, we want to just you know sell the franchise and turn it into a you know toxic waste dump. But since we're mm-hmm. actually going to be trying to manage a franchise that neither of us like um, – you don't know who's going to be under center next year. You saw some wide receivers step up a little bit. You could go tight end here. You could go maybe some help on the defense, but then we both kind of settled on offensive line for him. Yeah, I mean, when when's the last time Bakhtiari? He, Bakhtiari is great, but when's the last time he played a full season? Has he? I'm <laughs> kidding. Point but proven. Also. But I'm yeah. just saying, Anton Harrison here, you got to go the old line. I mean, it looks like, like- – I do like Anton Harrison. I do think he'll continue to rise through the, the 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 draft season, and that's a bit of a lame take, at least for me, because I feel like as you get closer to the draft, I feel like the offensive tackles always rise for some reason. Yeah, well, and again, it's because teams so, remember how to build a team, which is you need right. to have people in the trenches. So, 
but and I, I do like him. So, I mean, this this is a great pick to me. I have no idea what Packer fans would want here. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, if it wasn't an offensive tackle, it'd be an edge rusher. You could have maybe put Foskey here. Right. I know they still haven't really replaced Smith, per se. Mm-hmm. So, that could have been a possibility. But at the end of the day, even if Rodgers does or doesn't come back, whoever's under center, like you said, we've had the same argument with other teams. you got to protect them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and again, the running backs will be happy about that too, right? So moving on to the next pick at 16 is Washington, who is annoyed they couldn't trade up for a quarterback. Is probably, you know, maybe annoyed that some other guys went in front of them. But uh, if you and I are making this pick, we're probably taking the best guy left on our board, and that's Brian Branch. It, would be the, somebody... it might be the best pick of this draft so far. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, you you are pounding the table for Branch as a top 10 pick, which – Maybe quiet that down a little bit if you want to try to be able to get him. They don't get him here because Washington does grab him, and he's a guy who's going to shore up the back half of their defense, no doubt. We watched him in the national championship game. We watched him in the playoffs. This, this guy just makes plays. He's not big. He's only like six foot 190, uh, but he, he finds his way to the ball. He's fast. He can rush the passer. He can play uh, on the back end in coverage. He tackles well. This is a complete player, and Washington's going to be very happy to have him. This is a top 10 player in the draft, and so I got to say, and they got him where? What number are we on? 16? Yeah, we're on the 16, yeah. Yeah. Slam dunk. Easiest pick. The next pick's just as easy. <laughs> Go ahead, Pitt. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh desperately wants an offensive lineman. I'm telling you, sure. that's what they need more than anything. Yeah. But Dan and I like drafting offensive linemen. They're all gone. <laughs> Their secondary need, which is almost just as bad, is it's, it's defensive line. They need trash sure. help. That's what they need. Yeah, TJ wanted somebody else to run with him. Yeah. And in our draft, and I still think this will happen in real life, I, I think Brian Breezy is going to slide down the board a bit. We'll see. Sure. Unless he lights the combine on fire and then people go off from Which you he know, might. his old recency bias. And he might. He might. But if he shows so, up healthy, because that's been one of the question marks, can Breezy stay healthy for a whole season? Um, he has the potential to do that at the combine because this dude is still pretty athletic at the 6'5", 305, whatever he is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's got he's got a very high ceiling with a lot of risk. Sure. But at 17, I think Pittsburgh's very excited to roll the dice on this guy. And if there's a team so, that you have faith in the coaching staff getting the most out of somebody, it's Pittsburgh, man. They just find ways to, mm-hmm. to get winning seasons. Mike Tomlin, congrats to him again, finding a way to have a winning season, even with everything else that went wrong with that team. And if anything's going to help Breezy, he'd be playing next to Hayward. So just well, saying. Play Hayward and TJ. He he would yeah. have a relative. Well, TJ plays a little different type position, but I feel like sure. him and Hayward could, you know. Well, definitely. They, but again, yeah. you look at just there's somebody else that defenses are going to be focusing on besides the rookie. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Detroit didn't have that. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson playing as well as he did this year when people were focusing on him is pretty impressive. Uh, Brian would just be able to hang out and take the second or third best uh, offensive lineman every time. So good for him. And that brings us to the last pick that we're going to talk about today because it's the last spot that is set in stone as far as draft picks go. And that's the Detroit Lions picking at 18 as the best team to not make the playoffs, I guess, which is such a Detroit thing to say when you think about it, you know, didn't quite make it. But hey, you guys were good otherwise. What are the Lions going to do? Uh, After Dan Campbell picked up a table, threw it in the air, and Brad Holmes, like, karate kicked it and shattered it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, dude, they're sitting here at 18 going, holy smokes, Brian Branch, Brian Breezy are still on the board. We got Christian Gonzalez after moving back. This is beautiful. Oh, damn. They both (laughs) just went in the two picks right prior to me. So 
I, I don't know what the partner's going to be or who's moving over for what, but I guarantee if this happened this way, I can't guarantee it. Well, I yeah. guarantee it if I'm doing the pick. How about right. that? Because that's what we would do. Mm-hmm. Hitting the trade button. Yeah. I don't know who's who's coming up or where I'm going, but. Right. Well, and again, we, we'd be able, I would take imagine. take a Bosky or something here, but dang. <laughs> You could, you could take, you know, Michael Mayer if you really got him at tight end. Uh, I, I link, I think though, with the way that this board has shaken out, and this is how you, we can try to convince you guys that we don't try to just game things for the teams we like. Detroit really wanted the two guys that went in front of them. I feel like whatever talent they would want to get, they could get in the second half of the of the first round that would fill a need. So we'd have them trade. We don't know with who, and that kind of wraps up our version of the mock with mm-hmm. not a pick. Because they'd go back somewhere with somebody who maybe wants a wide receiver, maybe wants another edge rusher, something like that. But that's kind of where we're at with our take on it. You know what? Why don't we pause here and talk a little bit of beer and we can come back and do what we think is going to happen in real life. All right. So the beer way we're looking at things today, because, again, we like to try to tailor our topics to something to have to do with what's going on in uh, in the world of, of football. And it's playoff week. Wild card, super wild card weekend. Is that what they're calling it now? Because it got Saturday, Sunday. And Monday games, which no one's going to complain Thanks. about. And so wow. we decided we're going to talk about beer from the teams and the regions that are playing in these games. We also decided there's no way in the world we're going to talk about 12 different places in one show. Nope. So we're just going <laughs> to talk about the first three games, so six teams. So let's start out on the West Coast, Seattle and San Francisco. That's the first game at 4.30 on Saturday. And we've talked about beer from Washington and beer from California. So we're not going to go uh, overboard with a ton of stuff, but... This is what we would be cracking open if we had the choice on this uh, this football game. Well, I can tell you this. I mean, we got Seattle and San Francisco. Let's. I'm going to kind of. I know you said it's still the West Coast, but I'm just going to yeah. talk about the Niners and the Chargers who are in the next game as a whole. Yeah, sure, go for I it. I figured I may I may as well just hit up the California beers. Rocket. So the low hanging fruit for me, I've said it every time. I really like Speedway Stout, especially since right. there's a bourbon barrel Speedway Stout. Uh, that would be the number one. We've already talked about it, but mm-hmm. um, I would definitely be trying to find any of these piney series by the Russian River Brewing Company. Sure. Because it looks like they have a few of those that mm-hmm. would just be incredible. So between the piney younger or the piney elder or the Speedway Stout Vietnamese coffee bourbon barrel aged porter, <laughs> like, come on. Like that. Right. Insert any of those for me. I am. As happy as can be. Yeah, and again, we we both agree the younger or the elder would be ones we want to try. Obviously, I've told some told some people this here and there. I'm going to be out in California uh, at the end of the month, and so I'm going to be looking around trying to find some of these beers. Like I'm I'm not getting you. Some of my friends are all like working during the day because you know they have day jobs. One of those days that I'm going to be there during the week, uh, that week that I'm I will be hunting for beer. I mean, if you drive all over parts of California to find it, we'll see what happens. But uh, the only thing that I would add to that are one of the one of the ones from the Lost Abbey, which I'm not saying you'd necessarily be in on these, uh, but there's a couple wild ales called Cable Car, which sound like fun to try. Uh, and again, definitely a weird looking beer, but uh, I think that fits for a San Francisco beer, a little cable car action from them. Uh, and then, yeah, I think the, really anything from Russian River Brewing Company, I'm looking forward to trying. Uh, and I will definitely make sure we get at least one of those back here if we can pull things off our way next game is well, we already talked about los angeles so let's talk about seattle beers in the washington area before we move on to florida you go ahead you hit it you go first with seattle on this one all right well there's a bunch of possibilities again because seattle is one of those towns that's not quite the level of what i think about here in michigan but they're still really good right and so there's a lot of different beers you can go a lot of different directions 
Uh, not going to you know, pretty much complain about anything I can find, but Fremont Brewing Company has a whole I bunch of beers. Uh-oh. I knew you were going to say it. Well, I'm not sure if we're picking the exact same one, but I would want to try the B-Bomb, the Bourbon Abom- Abominable Winter Ale, which just sounds like fun. I mean, it's definitely uh, a a big, bad, roasty, toasty, chocolatey kind of dark malted porter or uh, sorry, um, more or less a, a stout. So it's it's one of the fun, dark ones. Uh, it's aged in 15 year old American oak whiskey barrels, and it's a, a blend of one and two year old basically uh, aged ale. And that's the fun part, uh, because you can do that with those beers. It's not an IPA that's going to kind of get a little weird after six months. Well, what I said, I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to say something by Fremont because I know we talked about the coconut bee bomb before, but yep. long, long story short, give me any of these bourbon barrel aged ones that Fremont has. The one you mm-hmm. had just mentioned, the bourbon barrel aged Dark Star or the bourbon right. barrel aged Dark Star, the Spice Wars one. I mean, they've, <laughs> they've got, got a, a bunch lot of, of these. Mm-hmm. What about the bourbon barrel aged Dark Star coconut cocoa one? What about the bourbon <laughs> barrel aged Dark Star coffee cocoa vanilla? Give me yeah. any of these dark stars. The bourbon right. barrel aged dark stars is where I'm at. Any of sure. them. Because there's several of them. I want them. Right. And just to correct myself, it's a strong ale, which I've confused for, you know, different things in the past. This is the one that I was talking about, that beat bomb. So yeah, basically we just pull up to Fremont and then we'd walk to our hotel. This is basically yes. how that plan would work out for us for that night. Well, the next game on the list is Miami and Buffalo. And we've also got Jacksonville and that uh, Los Angeles one. So we're going to double up on Florida beers before we go to New York. Okay. Florida beers. I think it's, it's no secret about a couple. <laughs> Here's what I would say. It, mm-hmm. There's only two breweries that I'm currently aware of that I would be super excited to try anything from. That's Cigar City and Angry Chair. Sure. Both in Tampa, thankfully. Neither one of where those games played, unfortunately. Right? <laughs> but at least they're both in the same spot. Okay. But... Uh, yeah, insert anything that I haven't had from them. I mean, the ones that I've been talking about is the Hanufu. I don't know how you say it. That Imperial <laughs> right. Stout. There's a few variations of that. And there's also the Barrel Age uh, Imperial German Chocolate Cupcake Stout that we've talked about. But any of the sure. Bourbon Barrel Age, the same thing as Fremont. They have the mm-hmm. Adjunct Trail Bourbon Barrel Age. They have a lot of them at Angry Chair that are Bourbon Barrel Age. That's just my right. thing this yeah. time of year. So it, bourbon barrel you talk to me in, time of year. it is, but you talk to me in <laughs> January when it's a little colder outside mm-hmm. and that's where I'm going every time. Right. If it's bourbon barrel aged and it's dark, give it to me. How bummed are you? You haven't been able to have a, a bunch of good snow fires with your little uh, makeshift uh, cooler uh, out there. Super sad. I had two. That was it. <laughs> that's okay. It's Michigan. We're not done with the snow yet, even if it's not flying right now. The, uh, I agree with everything you said there, and I'm on board with all that. The only other brewery that I've started to see up in Michigan, and I'd be curious to try some of their stuff. And again, that's just is what it is when it comes to distribution. Jay Wakefield Brewing, which is in Miami, is a place that's got some weird ones that I'd be curious to try out. Uh, and including It Was All a Dream, which is an American Imperial Stout, which is a 17 percenter. They've also got I Let My Tape Rock, which is another American Imperial Stout at 17 percent. So Wakefield goes from 5% with some of their lighter stuff up to the big boys as well. And so, again, this is another one that would be fun to try. I wouldn't mind trying a stout in Miami in January. It seems like a weird combination of things, and I'm here for it. So just because I like to cheat, I'm going to throw in another Florida one here. Ah, All right. Dude, so Jay Wakefield Brewing has a beer called Big Papa, 17 percenter here. 
It's an imperial mm. stout, coconut, vanilla, and coffee. There you go. I'm here for it. It's kind of their their go to is give me a whole bunch of seventeen uh, percent beers because they've got they've got a handful of those. Mm-hmm. All right, so that takes us into Buffalo, which is uh, hosting Miami for that last game of the three that we've talked about so far. We'll talk about the other three next show, but New York beer, or I guess Canada beer, because Buffalo is almost Canada. What are you doing for Buffalo here for that choice? You you take the lead out. Nah, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it, dude. No, the I'd... evil twin, double barrel yeah. Jesus. <laughs> This, yeah, but yeah, we both saw that and liked it. How do you? Yeah, how could you not want to try this one? Right. I mean, it, it's just it's a twelve percenter, which is my like that's probably right my sweet spot for like a nice right. double barrel stout. But um, you know, just it's a simple one though. It's just like a chocolate coffee and dark fruit stout. I think that's sure. seems like all the stouts always have coffee and that's either a chocolate or vanilla or coconut or something in there, right. but. It was interesting to me because of the dark fruits in there. I kind of want to see how that plays out. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, something I can agree with. I mean, there's there's a ton of, of beer in New York, and a lot of it comes. A lot of the good stuff we've seen has come from Evil Twin. And again, we say this is some people who live in Michigan who don't get out to New York all the time. So I'm sure there's a lot of great breweries you want to try. And one of those that I'd be curious to see because I'm seeing a lot of beers rated highly from them is uh, Other Half. It looks like Other Half has about 87 different New England IPAs to try out. And so I'd be curious to run some of the double dry hopped, whatever that they've got. And again, not necessarily this time of year, but still, if I'm having a beer from a city in a state that I don't see as often, I'd be curious to try what other half brewing is up, up to and some of their double dry hopped, whatever we want to have. Probably the double dry hopped Mylar bags, just because it cracks me up. Anytime it's a fun name. If you put fun into the name and into the can art, I got to think you put some effort into the beer too. So that's probably the route we would go with that one. Anything else on beer you want to talk about before you go back and do another funky mock? No, I've already cheated and thrown in a few <laughs> extra, so I, I think we got her. Fair. All right. So uh, the last thing we want to talk about today, we're going to touch on the games that are coming up just to give a, to put on record who we, well, how we think they're going to go so we can make fun of ourselves next time. Uh, this is what we think would happen so far, the top 18 picks in real life. So this is us guessing what teams are going to be up to and what GMs are doing. And we did allow trades, and we guessed – that Chicago is still going to trade out of the number one pick. And I think we both agree that they're going to make a move and it's going to be with somebody. And we still think it's probably going to be Seattle. Yeah. I just, it makes too much sense to me, man. It, Cause I, what, why would Chicago want to move back super far? Right. You know what I mean? So it's Seattle or Indianapolis that's going to sure. go up. And, and I, I just Seattle... personally think Seattle's more ready for the quarterback of sure. the future than Indianapolis is. So we used a little bit of logic. And <laughs> When we say that, Indianapolis has been thinking their quarterback away for about three years now, right? Uh, but the other reason, right. too, why I think it's going to happen is Seattle has more to offer because they've got the picks from the Russell Wilson trade. And who knows, they may ship off a, a player as well within that that pile to be able to move up into number one. And I don't think it changes from what we had in our last one, though. This is this is a no, it I, doesn't. This is the only thing that's wild because I still feel like Bryce Young somehow goes number one, but somehow I also feel like Seattle picks one, and I feel like Seattle takes Stroud over Bryce Young. So I'm speaking right. out of both sides of my mouth right now. <laughs> so yeah, because again, weird. Seattle's had experience with an undersized quarterback in Russell Wilson, but Wilson and Young, I think, play a little bit differently with how they go about things. And mm-hmm. Stroud just seems like a guy that Pete Carroll would like to coach at the end of his career. So yeah, second pick in the draft. It's still going to be Houston. I don't think Houston's going to trade this pick because unlike you and I, who would not be taking a quarterback for Houston, 
we both pretty much think they will quarterback in Houston, especially when they get the guy who probably should go number one at number two. Yeah. And that's Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Yep. uh, Again, we don't need to break him down too much, but he's a solid quarterback option for you. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to put up numbers and he's a smart guy. He knows how to get the ball around. Arizona's the third pick. And this is one where, I mean, you know, we we picked uh, Will Anderson Jr. I say I picked Will Anderson Jr., but I think in real life they're going Jalen Carter, and I'm I, I wouldn't mind if I was in that position making that pick because they need help all over the place. They're losing JJ Watt. They don't have a ton of interior guys who've stepped up for him yet, and so Jalen Carter can come right in, plug that hole, keep wearing roughly the same color scheme. He'll be a happy man, and Arizona's in pretty good shape with that pick. Yeah, you nailed it right there. I mean, you could go either way with those two defensive players. I just have the suspicion that by the time the draft goes around, Carter's going to be the number one rated player on the board. Sure. But losing J.J. Watt, it's just a plug and play. We didn't lose everything. Right. And then that moves on to Indianapolis, who was not able to trade up for Bryce Young. And even though there's a decent chance they could make a move for Will Levis or something like that here, I don't think they do. I think they find somebody in free agency, which obviously we we can't predict that yet. We can throw speculation out there for who they'd get, but I feel like they'd get a guy in free agency, which I realize is like anathema to coach to Colts fans right now who are just thinking we're going to do this again. They're running back up third or fourth time for somebody. Uh, but I think they take, uh, they take Will Anderson here because he's such a good talent and they need help in their defense too. And here's the thing, even if they don't take Will Anderson there, I can see somebody trading for, like, I feel like Will Anderson goes there. I don't think there's a world where Will doesn't go in the top four. Sure. Or at least top five. Yeah, he's got to be in the top four. Right. And so with Anderson going to Indianapolis, uh, they're obviously happy about him. And Chicago is super annoyed picking at five again (laughs) because, once again, Carter and Anderson both go in front of them. And so – we think they'd take Skaronsky. Uh We would rather we would take Skaronsky just because of his versatility. Uh, but I think Paris Johnson's probably the pick there uh, that we think in the real world yeah, because per- again, he's a tackle. Paris Johnson's kind of I, I get the same vibe from him as I do from Carter. I feel like somehow Carter sure. overtakes Anderson as the number one you know player period. Right. But I, I feel like Johnson overtakes Skaronsky as the number one alignment. So sure, I just have that vibe. Very good chance that that happens. So Chicago takes him to shore up their offensive line. Now they've got two tackles that they can feel good about for the next five years, at least on their rookie deals. Detroit's picking six. And while we had them trade back, I don't think they're going to find a trade partner in real life. And I think they're going to be stuck picking at six. And I don't think they're going Gonzo, dude. You know, I, I don't think so either. Um, man, I, I really feel like the, the D line, the interior D line, so they want to like, I, right. I, could, I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit tries to move up and grab Jalen Carter because I really feel like that'd be their <laughs> top-rated guy on the board this year, potentially. But yeah. he's not here, so we don't need to waste time on that. Um, but I do think they love the trenches, and you can never have sure. too many edge rushers. And, yeah, mm-hmm. we went with Tyree Wilson here because we do think that Tyree right. Wilson will overtake Miles Murphy, too. And, again, if you can teach him a couple more pass-rushing moves, Tyree Wilson plays like a Detroit guy. I, I will admit that the way he goes about it, the way he does things based off of just power, you know, and, and shoving guys around definitely fits with Dan Campbell's building in Detroit. And so while we may have preferred Jalen Carter here or Will Anderson, you know what? Hey, you take what you can get. And in this case, sitting at six, they'll take Tyree Wilson all day. Next up is Vegas. Vegas is very excited. This is an easy pick because <laughs> at, at one point in this scenario, he would have been the best offensive lineman of it 
period in the draft yeah. and Vegas just got him and Vegas has a hole in pretty much all five spots. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, the Peter Skaronsky. Yeah. Like, Put him where you want. Slam dunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Yeah. Move Atlanta. on. Right. He said, move on to Atlanta. So Atlanta's sitting here. Uh, and again, we had them take Tyree Wilson uh, in our draft if we were picking him, which means he can't go in this one. So Atlanta still kind of goes the edge rusher route because I don't think they're ready to cash in on Desmond Ritter. Plus, it seems like they're, again, more than a quarterback away. So even I think Atlanta is going to acknowledge that. They're going to stick with uh, the D-line, though, and go Miles Murphy, who, again, we've talked about him being a little bit more of a tweener player, potentially maybe a guy who needs to refine some other pass rushing moves, whatever, but he's still talented. Atlanta still needs help all across that defensive line. And he will definitely be a person that they can stick in there day one and try to get some production out of. So Carolina sitting at number nine, since they didn't get to move up this time, what are they doing? Yeah, they didn't have to move up. <laughs> are so they pretty it turned stoked? out better and turned out better in real life than it did with us because they get the same guy. They get, well, they, I'm not stoked if I'm Carolina, but I feel like Carolina <laughs> is. They they did yeah. move and they got their guy and they finished the season strong and won a lot of games. I mean, what else right. more could you ask for? Yeah, and again, Will, Will Levis, boom. Exactly, with where they're at. Again, same thing. Carolina's not expecting to pick in the top half of the draft for the next few seasons. And with as much of a mess as everything is in the uh, NFC South right now, it would not be surprising to see that be the case. And so again, hey, look, if he's your guy, you got to go up and get him. Philadelphia sitting there and the next spot, they are a little annoyed that both Tyree Wilson and Miles Murphy have gone. And so rather than reach for another edge rusher, which I'm not going to be huge reach, but still at this point, we think it would be they're going to take a home state guy and grab Joey Porter Jr., which has got to just make Steelers fans to sort of bundle up and cringe a bit that uh, that the the son of Joey Porter would be going across the state to Philadelphia. But the Eagles are very happy to have him there to help them out with the back half of their defense. He's a solid player. He's going to put anywhere there in that, that back, you know, secondary and and show up and start making plays for him. Yeah, and they got that's the number one corner going in this. And I don't know that we got Christian Gonzalez going yet. So maybe we made that mistake there because I feel like Gonzalez rises, but hey. Sure. But again, we're guessing we'll, we'll where teams are at. And I've seen Joey yeah. Porter get knocked to Detroit at six. So he's all over the place yeah. when it comes to where they're going to put him. Tennessee's up next, and while we would be having him take Roderick Jones there, I'm not sure if we think that's actually what Tennessee's going to do. No, I think Tennessee's going to try to, you know, if Tannehill's there, Tannehill's there. If he's not, then Willis is there, and they're going to try to give him another weapon to pair with Burks, especially Burks played great at the end of the year. He also kept getting hurt, so if there's one thing that's going (laughs) to help him stay healthy, Mm -hmm. take some of the pressure off him, let's give him a big cue. There you go. And so, again, Quentin Johnson goes there for Tennessee, best wide receiver, in our opinion, in the draft. And I think more and more people are going to come around on that as the uh, the evaluation process goes on. Houston can't take Joey Porter, so they're going to do something else to shore up an, an area of need. They've got Laramie Tunsil, who wants a ton of money, but has kind of locked down one half of their line. So let's get him somebody to go with that, and that's Broderick Jones, who's, again, probably the next best tackle that's on the board of how he's been playing this year. And yeah, uh, I know you love that, man. Yeah, it seems how they did take that QB before I think they're ready for it. Now you got to protect him. Yep. Yeah. So you you it's you have to now. So assuming they took Bryce Young and there's an offensive tackle on the board there that's worth the pick that you got it. You have to. Right. And that's why I find so. it interesting because you look at the pick that w- the ones that we would make versus the ones that are happening in real life. This is where it gets entertaining because of how much change can happen. We had them taking two defensive guys. We think in real life they're probably taking two offensive guys because Houston needs that much help right now. Mm-hmm. 
The New York Jets are the next team on the board. And this one actually makes sense for both of us. We had him taken. It didn't change. Osiris Torrance. No, it didn't. And they're going to take Osiris Torrance. Again, I've seen him yep. mocked there. The Jets, their number one need outside of figuring out the quarterback situation, which, again, everybody seems to love Mike White. And uh, they say they're not out on Wilson. Uh, it's offensive line. And offensive coordinator. Can't yeah, draft and offensive coordinator. Can't draft us. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, go to New we go to New England. They're not as excited to run up to the podium as they were in our draft when they got <laughs> Quentin Johnson. But, hey, right. I still stand by wide receivers. Obviously, their biggest need, especially if they're going to sure. figure out if Mac Jones is the, the guy. So right. Jordan Addison, let's put mm-hmm. him down. Yeah, and again, hey, Blitnikoff winner. Just, you know, you know that if he has a good quarterback playing with him, he's going to get the ball and he's going to find a way to get open. And again, he's not huge, six foot, you know, one. I think what eighty, ninety, somewhere in that ballpark. So not a big dude, but he gets open, and you can get open in the NFL. You're going to be there for a while. And again, New England has made a uh, living off of having, you know, slightly undersized, if not slightly out of place guys. I'm not going to say he's out of place necessarily, but uh, he's he's a player who's going to fit a scheme. And I think that Bill Belichick will find a way to get him out there once they figure but, out who in the world's actually coaching their offense. Devonta Smith, though, he, he's he's proven that being a mm-hmm. little lighter, thinner wide receiver, you can still do that in the NFL. So, I mean, yep. I think that. I think that makes teams a little bit more. It's only one player that we can speak to that's really done that, but right. I think it's going to make players a little more comfortable. Sure. And their Green coaches, Bay. teams, not players. Taking right. players Look, like that. Sorry. Players are comfortable too if they feel like they're going to get drafted higher. Um, yeah. Based yeah. off, of, because again, we talk about that with quarterbacks, other positions. Like it seems like teams are getting a little less rigid with this guy needs to be this height, this weight, this, 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 this. So it's nice to see that because again, it does open up opportunities for other players. Green Bay, we don't think they're going offensive line, even though we nah, would. They just, for, they just forfeit their pick. They don't want anybody. <laughs> no, they're probably going to take Michael Mayer. That's our guess. A tight end seems like the one spot they really need help because of how guys have come up for them in the passing game. Uh, so, yeah, Michael Mayer, Notre Dame, he's the best tight end in the in the class right now. Now, Dalton Kincaid, you love him too, but he's just shown throughout the season Mayer can block, he can tackle, or block, he probably can tackle, but he can block and he can catch passes. Those are the two most important things in that position. Yeah, and, you know, if, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, then they're, the only reason he's coming back is because they're going to do something to make him happy. And the fact that he's got the wide receivers coming around, you throw in a stud tight end who can catch and block for him, Mm-hmm. Might make him happy, but if Aaron Rodgers is gone, then you also need to give Jordan Love as much to work with as he possibly can. So, sure. uh, I think yeah. this is a win-win no matter who's under center. So, especially, I mean, considering Mayor can block, if they didn't go O line, and you know, you do have some backup tackles in there. Bakhtiari goes down again. The best thing you can do to help a backup O lineman is to put a stud tight end next to him to help. Right, so, exactly. I so just good pick for, makes a lot of sense. We just made a good pick for Green Bay, and we think Green Bay is actually making a good pick. I don't like No, this. it's kind of your fault. I tried to forfeit it. <laughs> All right, well, Washington's up next, and, well, they took Brian Branch in our pick, uh, much to the, the chagrin of Detroit. Uh, I think they don't do that. I, don't, I think they, they shore up some more on the offensive line, and uh, we decided the best offensive lineman still out there is your boy Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. Yeah, let's be honest. I mean, the defense isn't the main issue with this team. Sure. They've got some weapons on offense with, you know, two capable running backs and Robinson and Gibson. They also got Scary mm-hmm. Terry out there at wide out. They just spent a first round pick right. last year on wide and out. Dotson um, looks good. So that's what I'm saying. Dotson, they spent a first round pick on Dotson. So 
if they're going to figure out if Howell is the guy in this scenario, then hey, let's let's give him a pocket. Right. And so again, Anton Harrison, the pick there. Pittsburgh. Well, they didn't get you know. Same thing. They're super. Yeah, they missed out right. on the line. They're stoked to get Brian Breezy. So. Yep. So easy pick for them to make. Still, he's a guy who I think fits Pittsburgh culture and what they're trying to do there. And the funny thing is we come to Detroit, and while we weren't even sure what to do in the situation because Branch and Breezy went right in front of him, Branch hasn't gone yet. You've been talking about nope. Branch being a top and 10 guy. Getting him at 16 has got him, or 17, 18? 18? 18's got to make you static. So this is what I was saying. We, we said in real life we think they take Branch potentially. I think that's because he can fill in at both corner – or safety, right. and the fact that we don't know what Walker's health is going to look like coming back or from the torn Achilles. Guys, yeah. But, I mean, again, we still had Christian Gonzalez on the board, who I still think is the best corner in this draft. So that right. it is surprising, but this is the real life one. And I don't know if the rest of the world's caught up with my my love for Christian Gonzalez. Yet. No, it'll be fun to see how that comes out there. And this is the fun part. About I hope they podcasts. don't. I right. hope they don't. <laughs> Well, this and again, this is why we enjoy doing this stuff because we can look at these drafts and sit back and say, I don't think this is actually going to happen the way we just said it's going to happen. So this is the fun part about being at this point in the season. And again, so we just did the first 18 because that's all that's set in stone right now. A few more of those picks are going to be set up after this weekend because, again, it comes down to where teams finish. And real quick, I want your 30-second take on the playoff games that are coming up this weekend. Don't go in, don't dissect them. Who's going to win these games? San Francisco is going to beat the doors off from Seattle. How about that? <laughs> sure. I think, I think surprisingly, the lot, the Chargers and the Jags are going to be a tight game. I think the Good Chargers chance. come out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, again, before the season started, I picked the, the, the Chargers to, win a, to go to the Super Bowl. I think I even picked right. them to win it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they're getting healthy at the right time, so I, th- I think they, they get that win. But I think it's tighter than what people think, and I think the Chargers get a little uncomfortable in that game. Sure. Uh, don't even know who's under center in Miami. Well, we know it's Teddy not Ritz Tua. Bridgewater back. I don't know. Yeah, it's not Tua. Probably going to be Skylar Thompson, which means Buffalo's winning this game. Buffalo's going to beat the doors off them, even if it was Tua. Buffalo wins. They yeah. got way too much emotional momentum going on with that team right now. Sure. Pride and reasons to play and this and that, and everybody knows that. Right. They beat the doors off them. Uh, New York, Minnesota, I'm not convinced either team is going to look like they want to win this game. Sure. Uh, it's going to be like, no, you win. Oh, I, by all means, I couldn't. You go ahead and take. That's what I feel like is going to happen. Right. Um, for whatever reason, like my brain's telling me Minnesota is going to win this game, but my heart's telling me I want New York to win this sure. game, just so I can see your response. <laughs> well, well, here's what I can tell you. And the thing about this is, if there were two teams this year that I've talked about off and on throughout the season of being teams that aren't as good as their record. It's literally these two teams. So it cracks me up. They're playing in the first round because yep. both of these teams could easily lose or win this game. Like I, it would not surprise me if this is one where one team's up two, two, three scores, and then all of a sudden the other one comes back and wins it. So yeah, I'm yep. going to say Minnesota only because it's not a prime time game. It's like not a night game and Kirk Cousins plans to play. Okay. If it's not at night, uh, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a weird one. Baltimore's playing at Cincinnati. We still don't know if Lamar is going to be there for them. I don't really care if Lamar's going to be there. I still, like I said, Cincinnati, <laughs> if you made me re-pick the Super Bowl winner, I'm borderline picking them. Sure. I'd probably pick Buffalo, but just by a very small margin. I think that mm-hmm. momentum that they have going is the reason I would take Buffalo over Cincinnati. But, I mean, yeah, I'm taking Cincinnati in this one, man. And I think yeah. they win it. I think they're going to – I think Burrow and the wide receivers are going to have a day. Yeah. Would not surprise me because, again – I uh, think Baltimore can keep pace. 
No, that that that's the question. If they don't have Lamar, this is going to be an ugly game. We saw it last week when they played Cincinnati in Baltimore without Lamar. It was an ugly game. And so there's a good chance that happens again. I think Cincinnati's still a little annoyed with how things could have played out. That they would be the division winner and not hosting a playoff game or whatever. But Cincinnati definitely in better shape right now. And the last game of the weekend, Tampa Bay at eight and nine hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Is this another Dallas playoff early exit? Uh, yep. I think this is a situation <laughs> where the NFL, as soon as Tom Brady made the playoffs, you heard every playoff team take a little side. They're like, dang it. <laughs> and then once he wins this game and t- knocks out Dallas and probably does his little psycho Tom on the sideline, that's where you're going to hear him from the side. They're going to be like, I knew it. That's what they're all going to do. And they're going to go, damn it. Right. Records it's don't matter be... anymore. They don't no. matter anymore. And I, I, while I don't think Tampa's going to win the Super Bowl by any means, I don't think mm-hmm. they get knocked out in the first round. I think it makes the entire NFC extremely uncomfortable because let's think about sure. this just from the games here. If Tampa wins this game, right? Mm-hmm. Just look at the teams that are on wildcard weekend. I don't care who wins New York or Minnesota. They're not scared. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. So they're, they're not scared. Mm hmm. I don't care who wins this game. They're not scared of either one of those. Now, San <laughs> yeah, Francisco, the they're not thing. scared of Seattle. If Seattle finds a way to upset San Fran, which I don't think that happens. Right. Uh, yeah, well, Tampa's pro- San, Fran's, San Fran's not real scared of Tampa, but they've already seen each other. So Tampa's right. got tape on them. So I don't think Tampa's going to be all that scared of San Fran. Either. No, and the, the fun part about looking at all these games, we're going to – we're going to leave that open to a suggestion and who's going to be there. We know that not every favorite, not every home team is going to win a game in the playoffs, but home field does matter. And that's why I think Tampa Bay is going to find a way to beat Dallas. But again, the entire NFC, if you you could make a case for any of these teams making a run because it just feels like it's wide open right now. Yep. I just, I, especially in the, the NFC, man. I mean, like I said, Tampa squeaked their way in, and I'm the only team they might be worried about would be Philly and maybe San Fran. Nobody else is even scaring them. The NFC is wide open, and then the mm-hmm. AFC is so talented. Like in a way, it's wide open because there's a lot right. of really good teams in the AFC. This is going to be a fun couple of uh, weeks of playoff yeah. football. There's no doubt about that. So we've given you some beers to drink for these games. We're going to try to see if we can find some of those and enjoy a little bit of playoff football this weekend. Anything to wrap up here, JP? I don't think so, man. I'm just ready for playoff football. It is so fun. It's so fun. There you go. The knockout stage finally has arrived. Right. And we will look forward to those games. Hope you do as well. And we'll catch you next time to talk about all the things we got wrong on Draft Draft.